Well, today we're going to be in Lamentations chapter 3. Uh, we're walking through, as you know, God's Word, and we're, you know, we're more than halfway through, walking up through, and through the, by the time this year is over, we will have walked through every single book that is found in the Bible, all 66 books. And I've got to be honest with you, like earlier this week, I was sitting back and thinking, like, we're going to be in Lamentations. We're reading that this week. We're in Ezekiel right now, today, and reading through. But I'm sitting here thinking, like, Lamentations and Mother's Day. It's like one of these things is not like the other. And if you've ever read the book of Lamentations, which I hope you have, it's five short, simple chapters. And in those five short, simple chapters, man, there's lots of encouragement. Am I right about that? I mean, it's Jeremiah wrote this back in 586 B.C. in response to the destruction of Jerusalem. He was watching as Nebuchadnezzar and the Babylonians had come in, and, and they were destroying everything that he loved. Jeremiah is referred to as the weep, weeping prophet because he, he comes to that moment, and he's looking at the city that he loves, looking at that temple of God that he had worshipped God in, that loved God so much, and he's watching it all being destroyed. And with heart that was heavy and heart that was broken, he sits down and through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit in his life, he writes these words to, to just simply saying, God, why? Why is this happening? God, I'm watching all this destruction. I'm watching all this pain. I'm watching all this, this sorrow that is taking place. And so I'm sitting there thinking like Mother's Day, how am I going to figure that out? And how am I going to work that into a message today? And then God actually told me, that's the perfect passage for this Mother's Day. And here's why. Because I know there are some moms sitting in this room today whose hearts are broken because maybe this year you've buried your child. That maybe today there's some moms sitting in here that your child is away from God. Maybe there's some women in, sitting in here today whose hearts are broken because you've been longing for a child and, and yet don't have one. And so when I was thinking through, this is a perfect book for today. And not because of the suffering and not because of the sorrow that we find in, in the four chapters that are found in the book of Lamentations. And I, I say that because, again, there are five chapters, but chapters one and two and four and five talk about destruction and talk about sorrow and talk about pain. But there's this chapter that's found smack dab in the middle of this book that is full of encouragement. And so today, we're going to be in that chapter, in that passage, and we're going to find in the middle of what Jeremiah saw, and maybe in the middle of what today you experience, some of the greatest moments of pain and sorrow and suffering that you could ever experience or go through, that today what I hope you find is peace that goes beyond anything that you could possibly imagine, that goes beyond anything that you could ever dream possible. And Jeremiah is writing this passage, writing these words, and again, watching the city that he loved being burned, watching the city that he loved being destroyed, watching the temple being destroyed. In fact, right out of the gate in this passage in Lamentations chapter 1, verse 2, it says these words, it says, she weeps bitterly during the night with tears on her cheeks. There's no one to offer her comfort, not one from all of her lovers. All her friends have betrayed her, and they have become her enemies. Now think about that passage for a moment, if you would, and think about it in the context of your life, of your journey. Because probably there's some people in this room, both women and men, who have gone through situations in your life where you feel kind of like what Jeremiah was writing here in the second verse of chapter 1. 
like everybody has left me and everybody has walked away and the tears are rolling down my cheeks and I feel like there's nothing left and there is no hope and all my friends are out the door. They've turned into my enemies. I am all alone. I'm all by myself. And so you can see the context in which Jeremiah wrote this important book that is found in God's Word. And I pray that today, that by reading through this passage, that what you will see and what you will understand, it really is some important truths that you can use to to walk through those moments in victory. Because remember, there is no rival, there is no equal to our God, and that is what this passage in chapter 3 of Lamentations tells us. Now, to set the stage for what we're going to read today, I want to go back to Lamentations chapter 3, and we're going to read just a couple of verses before we get into the passage that we're going to study today. And it's verses 52 through 54 in Lamentations 3. Listen to these words. For no reason my enemies hunted me like a bird. They smothered my life in a pit, and they threw stones on me. Water flooded over my head, and I thought, and here's these words, I'm going to die. Now, to set the stage for what we're going to look at in just a moment, obviously that's a pretty, a pretty important, a pretty pivotal statement that Jeremiah writes there. Like, I feel like I am drowning. I feel like it is too much. I feel like it is way over my head. And then he ends it with those four words, I'm going to die. So do you think there's a, a level of hopelessness and a level of desperation that can be found in the heart of Jeremiah? Do you think that's possible? Do you think that's true in the writing of these words? I think it's absolutely true. He feels like everything is lost. And so in the context of that, today what we want to look at is the right cry for help. Like, like what is it in our journey? What is it in that moment of pain, that moment of sorrow, that moment of hurt where it feels like there is nothing left, when it feels like we are hurting to the point where there's nothing but desperation and hopelessness? What is the right response? How do I respond to that moment? And let's continue reading in verse 55 and following. So again, Jeremiah writes, I called on your name, Lord, from the depths of the pit. You heard my plea. Do not ignore my cry for relief. You came near whenever I called you. You said, do not be afraid. You championed my cause, Lord. You redeemed my life, Lord. You saw the wrong done to me. Judge my case. You saw all their vengefulness, all their plots against me. Lord, you heard their insults, all their plots against me, the the slander and the murmuring of my opponents attack me all day long. When they sit and when they rise, look, I'm being mocked by their songs. You will pay them back for what they deserve, for what they deserve. Lord, according to the work of your hands, you will give them a heart filled with anguish. May your curse be on them. You will pursue them in anger and destroy them under your heavens. Now remember, what started with anguish, what started with hopelessness, what started with with a lack of understanding of what possibly could bring any type of joy whatsoever in that statement, I'm going to die, immediately turns into the statement, but I called on your name. I called on your name. So let's talk about, like, like what is the right response? What, what is our, our, the heart that we need to have in the midst of those moments, those difficult, heartbreaking, heart-aching moments that we walk through? And the first thing that we see is that our first turn should always be directly to Him. Look what it says in verse 55, I called on your name, Lord, from the depths of this pit. Now think about that statement. Jeremiah, he just said in the verse right before, I I feel like I'm going to die, like the water is going over my head. 
it's way too much, and I don't know what to do, and I don't know where to turn. And then right after that, but Lord, I called on your name. I called on your name, Lord, when I was at the depths of the pit. Now, when you look at that passage, when you kind of look at those statements, the depths of the pit, like when you're in a pit, that's a pretty bad place to be, right? But it's not just the, the depths of the pit, not just the pit that he's in. He was like literally in the lowest part of the pit. In fact, if you read different translation, it even talks about like the lowest of the low, like as far down as you can get, oh, and then one more step down. In the lowest of the low, in the depths of the pit, here's what his response was. I called on the name of the Lord. You see, the first thing that we can learn from this passage in a, in a book that really is all about sorrow, in a book that is really all about hopelessness and desperation, the first thing that we can learn is, man, we must turn to Him first. But see, here's what we do. A lot of us see our turning to God as something that we do as a last resort. Like we try everything else. We, we, we get all the advice that we can. We talk to all of our friends. We might go to a counselor. We might go to a pastor. We might go read a book. We might go to a seminar. We might, you know, pull up a YouTube video on how to deal with this and how to walk through this trial. And we, we get all the advice and we get all the counsel and we get all the, you know, the people speaking into it. But then when nothing works, when it gets worse and worse, here's then what we do. Then we fall to our knees to God and we cry out to Him. Here's what I would submit to you today according to God's Word. When you you feel like you're going to die, when you feel like you are in the depths of the pit, you do not wait to get the counsel from everybody else. Turn to Him first. I cried out to you, Lord, from the depths of the pit. Man, what a great statement. What a great lesson that we can learn. That in that moment when like, like life is just, just way out of control, like, like when we feel like there's no way through. When it seems like we're dropping deeper and deeper and further and further, and we cannot get out of the pit that we have found ourselves in, or what is sometimes likely, the pit that we dug ourselves into, what do we do? Man, we turn to Him first. We turn to Him first. Lord, I called on Your name from the depths of the pit. Now, why is it that we turn to Him first? Well, here's why. Because His promises are absolute. Like you can count on, you can take his promises to the bank. Look what it says in verse 56 and 57. I love what it says. You heard my plea. So in other words, like like I cried out to you, Lord, from the depths of the pit. Verse 56, you heard my plea. Do not ignore my cry for relief. You came near whenever I called you. You said, do not be afraid. Now think about that statement right now. So Jeremiah, in the sorrow and the suffering and the anguish that he's going through, and he's sitting there saying, like, man, the water is up over my head. I feel like I'm going to die. And so I cried out your name, God, and I cried out your name from the, the bottom of the pit as far down as I could get, lower than I've ever felt before. Oh, and wait a minute, and you heard my plea. You heard my cry, and you responded with these words, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Man, what a powerful response. You see, oftentimes when we cry out to God, what we're looking for is some big theological statement. We're looking for like some big words that we've never heard before or we don't understand or that we're going to have to get someone to explain to us or, you know, we're going to have to go to Google and, you know, what did God say? We're, you know, we're looking for this big statement. But yet God knows that when we're in the depths of the pit, when we're as low as we can get, when there is no hope, when we are desperate 
for peace. And we cry out to God, God answers, and here's what we say, hey, don't be afraid. Reminds me of another familiar passage in Psalm 23. Remember what that passage says? Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. God said, do not be afraid. There are times that we need to know that there's no reason to fear. There's no reason to be afraid. I remember when my kids were growing up, you know, like all parents with multiple kids, you know, you have different kids who have different personalities and, you know, different ideas, right? So, so our four kids, Jonathan, Jessica, Natalie, and Nicholas, uh, Jonathan being the oldest and Nicholas being the youngest, like some of them were like daredevils. Like, um, I mean, they were just always, you know, whatever roller coaster, the biggest roller coaster and the, you know, I mean, just always, like, just ready to go anytime, anywhere. Like, you know, they, we actually had, Jonathan and Jessica had this thing called the Brave Buddy Club. Uh, and they would always try to coax Nicholas and Natalie into being a part of, of doing whatever it was that they were doing, whatever roller coaster they were going to ride or whatever, you know, haunted house or whatever they were going to walk through at the amusement park and stuff. And Natalie and Nicholas just like just didn't want anything to do with it. They're like, you know, there's no interest whatsoever, Nicholas more than Natalie. And in fact, there were many times growing up where Nicholas, uh, where he was in the moments where it was kind of a little shaky, a little questionable, a little scary, where Nicholas always found himself as he planted his face in the back of my thigh and he wrapped his arms around my leg and he held on for dear life. I can't tell you how many times I had to walk the amusement parks like this because I had this kid that was hanging onto my leg and his face was planted. Here's why. Because he knew that when his face was planted in the back of my thigh and we had his arms wrapped around my leg, here's what he knew. He was safe. He knew he had nothing to worry about. It was all good because his dad had him. And he would run to me in whatever situation, whatever, however bad it might get. I mean, he would run to me and man, he would just like right there, you know, face in the back of the leg, wrapping his arms around me, holding on tight. Now, it happened in amusement parks, but it also happened here at church a lot because some of you people were scary. <laughs> and there were moments we'd be walking to church and, you know, somebody coming up to say hi and Nicholas, man, immediately, whoop, right there, you know, locked in. I mean, that's just what he did. Now, now, you know, he's 21, he's taller than me. I do it to him now. You know, because he'll do anything now. And he's like, he's part of the Brave Buddy Club now. He's like all in. And so, I mean, I, try to, I wrap my arms around his leg and I, you know, hold on tight. Because now I feel safe because he's bigger than me. And, and, but, but, but listen, there are times in our lives when we are so lost and so hopeless and so desperate and so full of sorrow and so full of pain. What we really need to do is wrap our arms and embed them into the promises that God has for us. Because God's promises are absolute. Jeremiah said, I cried out to you from the depths of my pit, and you heard my plea. You showed up whenever I called your name. Like every time you were there. And then when you showed up, you told me, don't be afraid. Anybody here today need to be reminded of that truth? Because my guess is there's probably some people in this room or somebody watching right now that's going through a moment where, man, your heart is desperate. And you're at that moment where there is just pain and there's sorrow and there's desperation. And you don't know what to do. God's word says this, cry out to him. In your moment of greatest pain, you cry out to him and he always hears you. And he always comes whenever you call. And he whispers those words. Not some big theological statement. He whispers these words, hey, I've got this. I've got you. Don't be afraid. It's all good. 
Just hang on with me. His promises are absolute. But we also learn from this passage, not only are his promises absolute, we also learn this, is that he will do the heavy lifting. You see, we're conditioned in our society, in our culture, that we can figure out how to do it on our own. Like, we, we dig our way out. Like, we can figure this out on our own. We can work our way out of this. We, you know, just, you know, pull yourself up by your own bootstraps. You can make this. You can do this. It's all about you. You know, just, just hang in there. You can do it. No, God's Word says this. God will do the heavy lifting. And I'm so encouraged by that truth. Because I'll be honest with you, I've tried many times to figure my way out of a problem. I've tried many times to figure out my own way. I've tried many times to try to, like, like navigate this stuff and, and come up with my own plans and my own ideas. And, hey, what if I do this? And what if I do that? And I've failed miserably over and over again. And I think probably in this room, there are many of you that have done the exact thing, same thing. But here's the cool thing, is God promises to do the heavy lifting. Listen to what it says here in this word, in this passage. In verse 58, it says, you champion my cause. Lord, you redeemed my life. Lord, you saw the, the wrong done to me. Judge my case. You saw all their vengefulness, all their plots against me. Lord, you heard their insults and all their plots against me. See, you see what we're seeing here is that Jeremiah is writing here, God, you are the one that's championing my cause. You're the one that's standing in my corner. You're the one that is bringing hope. In fact, if you read this passage from verses 55 through verse 66, depending on what translation that you're reading it in, seven or eight times in that passage you hear the statement, God, you are the one doing this. God, you heard my cry. God, you showed up. God, you listened. God, you told me. God, you heard what they did. God, you saw their wrongs against me over and over again. It doesn't say, man, I'm going through this thing and I'm all by myself. No, it says, God, you were there. And God, you heard. And God, you listened. You see, God promises that He's going to do the heavy lifting. And man, I'm so grateful that He does because I'll be honest with you, there are times when not only can I not do the heavy lifting, I don't have the energy of the heart left to try. I don't have the heart left to even try to figure out how to do it on my own. Isn't it encouraging to know that God's Word tells us, like in the middle of a book that like is a book called Lamenting, like it's sorrowful, like it's painful, that we're reminded that God will actually do the heavy lifting? It reminds me of a passage in 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 7, where it says, casting all your cares on Him because He cares about you. Like everything. What's the most important word in that verse? The word all, Right? Doesn't matter how big, how small, doesn't matter how significant or insignificant, doesn't matter how often, cast all your cares on Him. Why? Because He cares about you. God promises to do the heavy lifting. But here, we also read in this passage, God also promises to, like, bring us through so that we don't have to worry about what others have done to us. Because a lot of times, we in, in our Christian journey, in our Christian walk, what we do, we spend a lot of time trying to figure out how to get, get back at someone. Like, we want revenge. Did you see what they did to me? Did you see what they said about me? Did you, hit, you see what they did to hurt me? And man, we try to figure out, we try to plot and scheme and, and, and navigate, like, like, what can I do to, man, I want to make them pay. I want to make them pay. We, we say that all the time. Like, that's human nature. We want to make someone pay. But here's what God promises in this passage. Hey, don't you worry about that. In other words, take that care that we have about making someone pay for what they've done and cast it onto him. Let him deal with it. It's his problem. It's not yours. Now, here's why. Because the more time that you spend trying to figure out how to get back at someone, to find revenge, to make them pay, here's what always happens. You're the one that pays, not them. 
You're the one that suffers, not the person you want to get back at. To be honest with you, they don't really care. They're doing fine. They're not worried about what you're going through. They're not worried about how angry you are. They're not worried about what you're trying to do to get back. They don't care. In other words, you'll spend your life being miserable trying to get back at a person who's living in joy. If we would actually get to the point where, as it says in this passage, like, like just put it on Him. Let God take care of it. Put it on God. God will walk it through. God's heard all the issues. He's heard all the problems. Let Him deal with it and let it go. Here's what it does. It frees you. It gives you freedom. There are people in this room right now that need to be set free from a heart of revenge, set free from a heart of anger, set free from that idea like, I want to make them pay. Let it go. Let it go, because you're never going to be able to satisfy that need. You will never do anything to that person that will be significant enough or big enough that will actually make you feel like, yes, I've done it, because you're going to want more. Let it go. God can do the heavy lifting. But we also see in this passage, not only can He do the heavy lifting, we also see that nothing's too tough for Him. Nothing's too difficult for him. If you go back a few verses in Lamentations chapter 3, a familiar passage. Let me read it, verse 22 and following. It says this, because of the Lord's faithful love, we do not perish. For his mercies never end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. I say the Lord is my portion. Therefore, I will put my hope in him. The Lord is good to those who wait for him to the person who seeks him. You see what the passage says? It's a familiar passage, right? Great is your faithfulness. You've heard that many times. His mercies are new every day. Think about that. His mercies are never ending, but they're also new every day. A few years ago, I was at a, at a pastor's conference, and I heard a pastor talking, and he was talking about that passage. And I was not really paying attention, not really kind of leaning into what he had to say, but he said something in this part of this passage that, that kind of struck me and hit me because it's something I'd never thought about before. I'd heard it a million times before, but I never heard it this way. Because that passage says this, that the Lord's mercies never end. I knew that. And what I assumed is that like today, God's going to do for me today what he did for me yesterday. That the pain that I'm going to experience today, God's going to show up and he's going to bring me through today just like he did before. And like tomorrow when life gets tough, that God's going to show up and he's going to do for me what he did yesterday, right? Like every day, God's going to show up and just bring his mercy. That's not what it says. It says his mercies never end, but then it goes on to say, it says that they're new every morning, every day. So you know what that tells us? It doesn't tell us that God's going to do for us today what he did for us yesterday. It says God's going to do something new for us today, something that we've never experienced before. And you see, when we're in the depths of the pit, when we're as far down as we can possibly get, when life has gotten so desperate and so hopeless that we feel like there is nothing left, and as Jeremiah said, I feel like I am going to die, that's when we need God to show up and do for us what He's never done before. And here's the cool thing, God promises to do just that. Nothing is too difficult for Him. Great is the faithfulness of God. So there are people here today that are walking through a moment of crisis, a moment of heartache, and a moment of heartbreak. You're experiencing something today that doesn't make sense, and you don't know if there's a way out. In the middle of a small little five-chapter book that is so often overlooked because it's a book that's really not that encouraging, that's really not that full of like great, great truths you can hold on to, until you really dig in and understand what it is that God says. And God says this, 
when you get to that place of hopelessness, when you're at the bottom of the pit, cry out to him and he will hear you. And he will show up whenever you call him. And he will tell you, do not be afraid. Because he's heard what everybody has done to you. He's seen how you've been wronged. He understands your pain and your affliction. He gets it. And so great is his faithfulness that tomorrow morning when you wake up, that our God will do for you what you have never experienced before. Great is the faithfulness of our God. Father, today, thank you that in the midst of a life that seems to be out of control and the hopelessness and desperation and the pain that we experience so often, that we can count on your faithfulness, that we can count on your mercies, that we can count on your presence, that we can cry out to you that you will always hear, you will always show up, and you will always do what we need you to do. With our heads bowed and with our eyes closed, we're going to sing this familiar song that comes right out of Lamentations chapter 3, Great is Your Faithfulness. And as we sing these words, I just want to encourage you. Today, there might be some people here that you're, you feel like you're at the bottom of the pit, the depths of the pit, just like Jeremiah said. Maybe today you need to come here and just kneel at this altar and just say, God, I cry out to you now. God, I'm showing up now. I need you. God promises to do exactly what you need him to do. Maybe you want to come and you want to meet Christ. Our team is going to be gathered here at the front and as they are. Maybe today you just want to come down and say, listen, I need to know more about Jesus. This, this hope that you talk about that, come, that comes from God, that's found in God, listen, I don't really understand it. Here's what you need to know. God loves you. doesn't matter what you've done. doesn't matter where you've been. doesn't matter how many people you've hurt. God loves you regardless. And God loves you so much according to God's word that he gave his son Jesus to come to this earth and to die on the cross for your sins. Romans chapter 3 says we're all sinners. We've blown it time and time again. And because of our sin, we deserve to be separated God, from God for eternity, like never even getting close to him. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. So maybe today you need to meet Jesus. Romans chapter 10 says that if you believe in your heart, confess with your lips that Jesus is Lord, that he was raised from the dead, that anyone, anyone, you, just call on the name of the Lord and you will be saved. Maybe today that's what you need to do. So as we stand and as we sing these words, great is thy faithfulness, I encourage you to step out right now. Great is thy faithfulness, O God, my Father. There is no shadow of turning Is that?
walk out of here in a minute, and I promise you this, like the way that you feel right now, where you're encouraged by God's Word, encouraged by His faithfulness, encouraged by the mercies that are new every day, here's what's going to happen. You're going to go out there, and in about an hour's time, you're going to forget. About an hour's time, you're going to face all the challenges and all the problems. They're going to come flooding back. Don't ever forget, His mercies are new every single day, no matter what you go through. When you are at the depths of the pit, the lowest of the low, the hopeless of the hopelessness, whatever that is, when you get there, remember, cry out to Him, and He will hear you, and He will respond, and He'll tell you not to be afraid, and He'll show up whenever you call Him, and He will do for you what only He can do. God be with us today as we leave. Strengthen us, grow us, and use us. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. God bless you. Thank you for worshiping with us today. We're so glad you joined us. If you prayed to receive Christ today, we'd love to hear from you. We want to help you as you begin this new journey of faith in Jesus Christ. Send an email to the address on the screen, pastor at trbc.org. Likewise, if you've never accepted God's free gift of salvation, the forgiveness of sins made possible by the death and resurrection of Jesus, but you'd like to know more, we're here to help you. Just reach out to us and we'd love to tell you more. Our mission at Thomas Road is to change our world by developing Christ followers who love God and love people. If you'd like to help us fulfill that mission by giving to our ministry, go to the link on your screen and make your contribution today. Help us help others with the life-changing truth of God's love.